On the program this week, a couple of uh, Grady County state lawmakers. We have Representative Dick Lowe from uh, Amber. So, Dick, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure to be here again today. And we have State Senator Lonnie Paxson from Tuttle. So, Lonnie, good to have you back on the program. Thank you. Always so, great to be here. Well, just uh, want to have you gentlemen on to kind of give a little recap of the legislative session. I guess uh, a couple of weeks since uh, you've signed off, so to speak. Uh, but the work's never done, uh, is it, Lonnie? No, it's you know a lot of people think it's a four month out of the year job, but it's that's probably when it's that's probably when it's the busiest is those four months out of the year when we're actually in session. First February of May, I'm sorry, the first Monday of February to the last Friday of May is the constitutional time frame where we have to get our work done. But to prepare for that, you know, it's kind of like being a wheat farmer from the standpoint. As soon as the wheat's off out of the field in the trucks at the elevator, you start working the ground for the next year. So that's back where we're at right now is we're working ground for next year. We're already working on bills, interim studies, the things that go along with, you know, preparing for the 24 session. You know, those, that, that, those items are already underway. Uh, Dick, let's talk about uh, some of the bills that you worked on and we've had you on uh, before with the Representative Bowles. Uh, um, but to principally some of the, the school safety uh, measures that uh, were approved uh, and signed by the governor this spring. Uh, certainly. Thank you, George. You know, that's I don't know if I went up to be a school guy, an education guy, but that's where I've got found my niche a little bit, I guess, and or they felt like I found my niche. And so this year we I ran predominantly mostly educational type bills or worked with uh, Senate senators also on educational bills so I had both sides of it uh, but one of the things that we put a lot of emphasis on on and uh, Senator Pemberton and I had worked on this and talked about this for a while but our school safety you know as we always said uh, I was raised by two teachers and one thing we always said we want our kids to be safe at school and we don't want to progress in our education and uh, you know so we can't just work on one we got to work on both but what we've seen in our society and across our nation the last couple of years safety has become such a big issue in our schools and uh, we've been very fortunate and uh, as, I, as I told some group you know Oklahoma's been fortunate but it's not if it ever happens it's when it's going to happen and are we prepared so we had three bills that uh, that were end up being very very important on the safety aspect we had senate bill 101 senate bill 100 as well as a, a sjr which is a senate joint joint uh, bill uh, actually it's a jcap bill it's a jcap bill that we sent over which i was surprised that i end up running a jcap bill usually third third year in you're not running jcap bills that's usually for someone else but it was such a big a part of it we, we want to do it but the big thing is that i think we, we can talk about it is we put together a three-year program 150 million 50 million dollars per year that is divided up and basically every school in the state of oklahoma will ever school every school a public school in the state of Oklahoma is going to get $96,000 a year for three years to hire school resource officers. I know as we think about some of our schools, some of our bigger schools probably do have resource officers. Some of our others do without. And sometimes they're so far away from where law enforcement is. So it's a very, very big deal for us. We had, in fact, I had a superintendent of a school call me last night at home and said, thank you. We just we're we're going to hire tomorrow night. It's on our agenda. We're going to hire our first school resource officer. Very excited about that. The other two bills say we want you not only have a resource officer, uh, 
we want you to inspect your school. We've got a group out there called OSSI, which part of uh, we fund is part of our government education program, and they'll come out and do a school safety evaluation on every school in the state of Oklahoma. Must do that within three years. That way, if we have something out there that we need. They can use this money for a school resource office. They already have that. They can use it to help build safety aspects for the schools. I know in some cases uh, in Grady County school districts, the sheriff's office actually uh, hires the deputies to be resource officers. They, so, they do. And, and then uh, the school district will reimburse the counties. Yes. Uh, after that, right? And actually, when the first calls I got after we got this bill passed was from Sheriff Boggess. He or said he sent me a text that day. He said, "Thank you. Now I want to work with every school in the state in our district and see what we can do to help out because we want them to be safe." So that was it. Was, was odd that you mentioned that? But yes, the sheriff was the first one to contact me after we passed the vote on that. So the superintendent just has to reach out to this organization to get that study. Uh, rolling yes and we actually appropriated more money to get more inspectors because that was probably our weakness of ossis we didn't have enough inspectors so we did appropriate some dollars in there to get those inspectors out they'll contact the state department of education that's who it runs through the state department of education and then we'll run from that and they'll they'll line them up and, and get that you know we'd love to have this done as soon as we could this summer so the more we can get involved right now and get our schools safe before we start back up in august we're excited about that Lonnie, do you want to touch on this just a little bit? Well, the whole, educa- the whole education issue, if you were watching the news this, this spring, it was the primary issue we were talking about. You know, all the school funding issues, the school safety deal that Representative Lowe worked on is a crucial part of that. Um, it was much needed, and it's, you know, it's a three-year program right now. Hopefully, it's very successful, and we extend it on in the future. And kind of, you know, we can, you know, look at it and see what we need to add or delete. And, you know, that's kind of the, the process that we're going through. But this gets what I think is a great program that Representative Lowe had a, had a hand in, um, getting that thing started. So, but also we're dealing with, you know, teacher pay and funding of the schools. And so there's a lot of... A lot of really I think really good things we ended up with and you know you know people see the sometimes the conflict between the house and the senate and the governor's office you know on different ideas but those are all ideas on how to make education better we just have different ways of getting to the same goal and that's what the legislative process is about so while it may look ugly on tv sometimes we're actually working together we're all good friends we try we we have the same goal we're just trying to find the best way to get there and i think by the end of session when it was all finished up i think we ended up with a with a uh, a proposal and a what passed and and you know i think that's going to be good for everybody i think you know, teachers I've talked to are very appreciative of the pay raises. The superintendents are getting more money for the schools and a lot of extra things in there. You know, one thing that was pushed this year was was a kind of an extra maternity leave for teachers. You know, in some of the research that we had conducted over the summer, it was found that, you know, one of the issues is a lot of teachers are young mothers. And, um, you know, to give them an extra uh, is it six weeks or 12 weeks, I think 12, six. Uh, six, an extra six weeks, that's on top of their, their you know, their sick leave they already have, you know, to give them that benefit because it's an extra bonus maybe to keep them in the classroom. And uh, so they'll, they'll come back even when they have children um, to keep teaching. And so that's just an extra benefit that was added. There's a, a lot of things we worked through. It wasn't just throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. It was actually well-thought-out proposals that we worked with the House of Representatives on and the governor's office to come up with, with what we end up as the final product. And Oklahoma, like many districts across the country, dealing with teacher shortages and a proposal was passed to – uh, provide some bonuses for teachers to go to work, a certain amount of pay for 
a certain amount of years? Well, that's it actually it? wasn't us. It wasn't and that was federal money okay. that came in that the that the state superintendent that used, is trying to use for the bonus deal. We okay. had nothing to do with that. Uh, not that we don't want to do bonuses; we want to get our teachers in. But that was not uh, appropriated money in there. You know, we we had some. You know, in and, and as the senator said, you know, we we went through a lot this year. We went through a lot, but because all of us had ideas we thought would help education. I don't think it. No one came out there and said we want would just be worse we're trying to make it best and you know you have to realize there's 101 in my house there's 48 over in the senate all of us have a little bit of an ego but i think we know what was best and that's just that's just the facts but when it came down to it i think we came up with a product that was really good i had a couple of things that you know i look forward you know nothing happens overnight up there I had two bills that I think are, I still to this day, I think they're really, really good bills because I was wanting to do some teacher retention. Right now on a base teacher pay salary at year 25, our teachers are based out. They they don't make an increase in salary for the rest of their, I had a bill that adds 10 more years to that, trying to retain teachers on into their that 35 year uh, into the basic time of retirement. And so we, I, I hope that we can work together and, and look at that again down the road because that's just another thing we look. You know, we talk about trying to get new teachers in but we got to try to retain our good teachers back in too and so that was something i was very excited about uh didn't get my financial literacy th bill through yet this year we got it through the house in good shape didn't have a lot a lot of luck in the senate and senate probably didn't have some luck of the bills over in the house and that's just the way the game plays a little bit but uh you know I, I look forward to down the road doing some more work on that and in getting that through in fact the author of a couple of my bills has said we'd like to start them over in senate next year you know it doesn't matter where a bill starts and i think the senator will totally agree i don't go this for the notoriety and making me special but a bill i look what we can do to make Oklahoma better. And if it makes Oklahoma better, more than my name is on it or not, that's a great piece of legislation. Uh, $13 billion budget and uh, a lot of money. A lot of, and most of that goes to education, I think uh, most folks know. Uh, but uh, the governor decided not to sign that, uh, Lonnie, which was kind of interesting. Well, so when it comes to after legislation passes the Senate and the House, it gets sent to the governor. And so the governor sometimes, rather than vetoing it, um, will just choose not to sign it, which means it goes into effect without his signature. And so it's it's uh, the reason he does that is up to the governor. There's things I agree with the governor on. There's things I disagree with the governor on. And it was it was uh, um, it was his choice to do that. He thought the budget was was too large. There's items in there he could have went in and lined out and vetoed things if he chose to do so, um, and uh, and picked out portions of it there because a lot of those things were what's called the JCAB. Representative Lowe mentioned JCAB bill. Those are joint committee on appropriations and budget. That's a, you know, those have to come through the House and the Senate, and they're non-amendable bills. But a lot of those things we voted on on the last couple of days of session that um, that uh, the governor could have went and vetoed those individual items had he chosen to do so. So I haven't talked to the governor since session's been over, so I don't know why he chose, you know, to let everything go through without a signature rather than picking out the ones he didn't like and vetoing those. But that's what that's what he chose to do, and so um, that's that is of course course his choice there there was like at one point during session you know he had got frustrated with the state senate and went through and vetoed 20 bills that night uh and uh the uh 
the veto message was the same for all 20 of those bills, which was, you know, until we do what he wanted, and was, there were some tax cut things he wanted, some issues that he wanted, he was going to veto all the Senate bills. Well, there was 20 bills. Two of those bills were actually my bills and things that I'd worked on. And, and so that gets frustrating when a bill that overwhelmingly passes the House and the Senate if the governor has an actual policy issue, and had, I had a third bill that was vetoed that he actually had a policy issue with, I disagree with his his take on it. But at least it was a policy veto. It wasn't just a, you know, the the uh, the nickname of the Capitol was the we called him the Tantrum Twenty, and and it was <laughs> and the governor knew that as well. But that's that's yeah. what that's what it was called because he was upset with the state senate. Those were all Senate bills that were vetoed that night, and so we were able to get back through. I think almost all of those got got overridden. Actually, the governor supported us overriding those once we got some things got some things pushed through. But that was his way of kind of fighting back. You know, he's in the position, but, you know, I was walking down the hallway with him one day when a group from Chickasha was up there. We were going to meet to take some photos, and I was walking down the hallway with him going to the Blue Room, and he's, you know, he, he said, Senator Paxton, you still mad at me? And I said, well, maybe a little bit, but, you know, we'll, we'll get over it. We'll, we'll work through this. And so he's, he's, he's a, he is a, even though I disagree with him at times, he disagrees with me at times. He disagrees with Representative Lowe at times. We all get along, and I'd, I'd say we're all friends, and we, we finally work for a final solution. Yeah, we do. And, you know, as we look at that budget and you talk about the numbers, nearly $13 billion. And, and you know, Senator might be used to using that billion word. I'm really not. That, that's a hard one for me. You know, million million's still a lot of money in my little world. But as we looked at those, and, you know, one thing I really do is and the governor had a little exception with this, but this in some of his statements. But one of them I do like is a lot of this money was one time money. It's not reoccurring money. We put six hundred million together in a capital legacy fund, which will actually be loaning our agencies money from ourselves instead of paying bond issue money out there. Uh, we put two hundred and fifteen million dollars in a in a uh, housing fund to help in areas that are depressed, areas that are in rural areas, help get more housing built in there, and that's a repay deal. And so, you know, we're looking at hopefully five years. That'll be five years worth of money in there that we put roughly. In, into the if we could get look at those one time money and hopefully and that's our plan those are one times money we don't have them well all, all of a sudden you're down to a 12 billion dollar budget and there's several different areas in there that we have one time money uh, I'm, I'm almost scared and, and I know the senator is probably more conservative even than I am in this area that we don't want to overextend ourselves on things that we're committed to because that becomes an issue because Oklahoma is an oil and gas state now we're trying to make some improvements in that we're an oil and gas state the center serves as the chairman for oil and gas um we know in Oklahoma it's not if we have a downturn, it's when we have a downturn and are we prepared when we do that. Right. And you know the other thing is that the budget when you talk about the appropriated budgets, what we're dealing with, the actual state budget's well over twenty billion dollars. But a lot of those are non appropriated items. You know, for example, when you buy a gallon of gas, there's a state gas tax in there, but that money's automatically appropriated, you know, to the Department of Transportation. So we don't those that doesn't actually go through the appropriations process. The eight year plan that's the transportation plan is funded through what's called off the top money. The legislature never sees that. That goes straight into that eight that, that eight year plan. And we have been trying to get more of the money into the appropriations process so we have a little bit more ideas legislators of where that money is going so some of the the 
the the increase in appropriations over the years has been because we are putting more of the the money that goes through the apportionment process. The money is apportioned out rather than going through the appropriation process. We're trying to get that back into the appropriations process because the people that are elected by the people to represent them at the Capitol need to be seen where that money is going. It's not just so much the the auto pay is kind of what's what some of these agencies run off of. And so we just want a little bit better vision of how that works. And so some of the increase we've had over the years is that that off the top money being put put back into the appropriated process where I think it belongs. You mentioned uh, about um, some of the, let me try to switch gears here. Um, let's talk about uh, job development and some things like that and uh, some progress in that area. You know, we, work, workforce development is one thing I think was talked around the, the capital uh, every every corner you turn, we were talking about Oklahoma, and, and yet we're trying to get new companies in. We always want to welcome that in and growth, but right now in Oklahoma, we have workforce problem. None of people out there to fill all the jobs we have. So we um, we've looked at several different aspects in that, and uh, I know that we had a bill right there at the last. It was a Senate bill that came over, and I have a really good friend that was running that, and I didn't like some of the language in it, and we had a little bit of a discussion about that but the whole concept was how do we get our workforce developed the fastest because we've got to we we can't we talk about spending we can't spend unless we have work workforce out there that's making money that's paying taxes we want everybody to be making a great living and paying their taxes in oklahoma that we can do great things for every through for the state so workforce development was a tremendous issue um you know, I'm not saying we got all the answers. We got a few of them figured out this year, I believe. You know, um, and and I'm gonna change change topics on you a little bit again, but because uh, Senator Paxton and I worked together on a bill this year uh, for constituent in our district. And, you know, that's, that's the first time I think we've had the opportunity to do that for a constituent in our district is request bill. And, you know, we got it through and I got it over. It started as a House bill, Senate, Senate, and all of a sudden we were kind of tied up with it. And then I'm sitting on the floor one day and I get a text from Senator uh, Paxton. He goes, isn't our, uh, our language in that bill we're, you're, we're voting on right now? And I, I go, oh, I don't know. Let me look and see. And sure enough, uh, that's how things can happen sometimes. They'd pull our language out of our bill and put it in one, and it passed, and it's going to get signed. And I'm, all, I'm still happy for it. Sure. And that's exactly the way that we, we worked. So it was great to be able you to work. You don't care who with. gets the credit for it, just as long as it that, gets done, that, right? That's yeah. it. And I think sometimes if uh, up there we quit worrying about who gets credit and who does this, just go out there and get things done for Oklahoma. But that was a great example of uh, we worked together, both the House and Senate out of our district, and and yet didn't get our name on anything, mm -hmm. but we got exactly what we wanted. And I'm fine. I'm, I'm a happy camper when we get that right. done. So just back to the workforce development, uh, Lonnie, that's where the career techs come in. You bet. Uh, colleges, universities. Uh, but, again, we've got to figure out what the long-range plans are for, for careers and industry that's coming to Oklahoma and right, so uh, get ready for that. Yeah, you have a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people in the state of Oklahoma are in the recruiting business as far as trying to recruit businesses to come into our state. And you know the the two main things that they look for as, as far as the employees that they're going to have working in their businesses are those employees available and quality of life. 
you know, that's what employees, you know, they will know that they can go to a place that, you know, that their employees are going to have a great place to live. And, but they also need the employees that are going to be able to fill those jobs. And, you know, these aren't so much, you know, these are jobs that sometimes require some skill. And so that's where they're higher paying jobs. And they're, they're really a great aspect for our state to be moving in that direction. But we do have to have that workforce. So just an example, the film industry, that's kind of a new emerging industry in the state. The state has put a lot of money into that as far as tax credits to help boost this business, this to get started. But that's where you mentioned the career techs. You know, they came in and started developing programs for the people that work on these sets because people in Oklahoma really haven't had a lot of experience in the past. That hasn't been a legacy type of a job here to know how to build a movie set. So now the career techs have jumped in and really developed programs to help that industry out. You know, the you always talk about, you know, the need in the past and the need in the future is always to diversify our economy. Representative Lowe mentioned, you know, we're an oil and gas state. It's always been oil and gas and ag, oil and gas and agriculture. That's been the two main deals. Well, now you have aerospace that's in here because before Dick Lowe and Lonnie Paxson ever got to the state capitol, you had you represented the senators in the past started incentivizing the aerospace industry in Oklahoma and it has now grown to the number two industry in the state. And so diversification is not just a big switch at the Capitol. Yes or no. Do you want to diversify? It's a long range issue to make all this stuff happen to start building new industries. So we're not just reliant on oil and gas and oil and gas loves that because they don't want to be the one we rely on all the time. They want there to be other industries out there that can help carry this tax load and the tax burden. And so, as we're moving forward, you know, making sure that those employees are available. So when the young people are leaving our schools, they don't go to Dallas. They don't go to Kansas City. They stay here in Oklahoma. And our job as legislators, I believe, one of our primary goals is to make sure that the young people graduating in our high schools and colleges and career techs, if they choose to live in Oklahoma, that we make sure those opportunities are there for them. That is the, one of the primary issues because I have four children and I would love for all four of them to end up, you know, raising families here close by in Oklahoma. Would love for them to have that opportunity to, to do that. And I think with what we're doing today and what's been done in the past, compliments to former legislators, I think a lot of great things have happened that's pushed us to the point that we do now have opportunities. You look at what's happened in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Look what's happening here in Chickasha. You know, tons of excitement in this community with all the businesses that are being built, all the new things that are coming. Coming in, that's quality of life. There's places to go and things to do, and and I think the the you know the the general public sees that, appreciates that, and employers appreciate that, and they see the investment that's happening statewide. And I think you just look right here in our own backyard in Chickasha, and you see exactly what we're talking about. And another issue that kind of goes along with that, Dick, is uh, broadband. Um, and we've talked uh, the show before about um, the effort that is underway to expand broadband, high speed internet to rural parts of the state and there's still much of the state that uh, you know the upload speeds and download speeds are terrible yeah and it, connectivity you know, is, is awful and and it's underway but it's going to be a long-term project we we invested a lot of state appropriated dollars last year some more this year a lot of arpa money that we got in for that and you know our goal was 95 percent of oklahoma in the next five years that doesn't mean 95 percent this year it's i'm sorry we wished we could because if it's hey, one of the top two things i get calls about my office hey our, our broadband's still not good 
and it takes time to build that out. But that is being started now. It's, we have now got a director. Uh, Mike Sanders is the director of the broadband deal, and we're excited about that. Mike's a friend of both uh, Senator Paxton and mine, and we know him well, so we hope we c- that helps our area. Former state lawmaker. For st- yeah, he's former state representative. And uh, But uh, also, you know, we also had our first meeting here in, in Chickasha last week. I was going to ask you to, to talk about how that went and yes. know, what people are what I was people able are- to just barely get out of the capital time down to make it down to it but i did make it and you know we we had a few people that actually had called me and i said you need to be there when you start talking about it and unfortunately they were and uh, made some inroads i think of understanding what we what our needs are because you just don't go build the same network all across state Oklahoma because the needs are different. And, you know, what we may need in, in rural amber, Pocas at Tuttle or whatever may be different than what they need in southeast Oklahoma. So that they, they're trying to figure out exactly what they are trying to put together in the network out there. Right. But the that, infrastructure, Lonnie, is really it's a critical thing. And I know the co-ops, electric co-ops, a lot of them are, are getting involved in that. And that's some of the... Some yes. of the agencies that are going to try to get that, that going. Yeah, and what's what the money that's been appropriated to the broadband office for the expansion is not just state money being used. We go to, like with the co-ops with AT&T, and, and we do cooperative agreements with them. We do cost-sharing agreements with them, you know, 50-50 agreements, different types of programs out there so we can really get the state money you know, into the into the infrastructure, but you know, we work with our partners in the private sector to make that happen. And so that's the broadband office. I would say we were kind of on high center for a little while, and we've got the director in place. And and uh, so I'm the the uh, kind of the the broadband chair in the Senate, and Representative Trey Caldwell of Lawton is the broadband chair in the House. And so we started working with Mike Sanders and that broadband council um, to start helping get things going along. But the goal is that you know all we do is more of oversight, and they're the ones doing the hard work and making happen and that's where you see these meetings that happen in Chickasha. I think they're going to Enid next week. Um, they're going all across the state getting it's just that gonna be input. one in Lawton here pretty quick yes, there's not yes. been all they're, been already so they're they're moving all around the state doing that to get that they're input. listening calls it the listening tour. Yes. So it's, it's kind <laughs> and of a lot to, yeah. a lot to listen about I guess right it's kind of yeah. the same thing we did when when we were doing redistricting a couple years mm-hmm. ago. I was the chair of the Senate redistricting and uh, Ryan Martinez out of the house was the house chair. We went on a tour around the state like thirty something town hall meetings around the state to get input from throughout the state and when you do that and you get that input you actually learn a lot of things you didn't know about communities and you learn what their needs are and what their representation and you know some cities that were split in three by maybe you know state senators or state reps they wanted just one some cities wanted more than one so every city had different needs and desires and what they wanted but that input same thing the broadband office is doing today and i think oklahoma is one of like four or five states in the entire nation on the redistricting process that did not get sued over how they did their process and it, that's why it's because we did those town meetings it was not everybody agreed with everything but there was no allegations that we were not transparent in what we did and we've kind of tasked the broadband office with doing the exact same thing go out there and hear what the public is saying you're going to learn a lot about these communities what the problems are and what those specific needs are because what Chickasha needs what Lawton needs and what um, Enid needs and all the other communities in the state is the same thing as high-speed internet but they may have different ways they need to you know to accomplish that goal and so that's what this listening tour is about um, just quick before we go uh, what's the prospects for a special session there's been some discussion of that perhaps yes it's uh, and so the governor vetoed i think we have two bills we're dealing with now is that it's going to be the issues with tribal compacts and uh the legislature passed those bills was just to extend those compacts for one more year dealing with tobacco and 
and, and, and tax, you know, some of those issues that we have to extend those, con you know, you would hope that the tribes and the governor negotiate that out. That has not happened yet. And so there were, the proposal is that we've sent to the governor is let's just extend these tribal compacts for one more year. The governor vetoed those. And so that's what we're trying to consider now. Do we want to go back in and override those vetoes or attempt to override those vetoes? So that's really the only discussion that we're having is about special session now. You know, and I think, you know, the governor has talked about him calling a special session. Um, I don't really see that happening right now. I may be, I think he, he's he got to make some uh, inroads with some different legislators for that's going to happen. But uh, so I, I think at worst we may come back in one day if we do come back in. And, and uh, so we'll we're kind of go with that and see. Uh, you know, it's odd that I've been in three years, and this I've already been, we're in a special session now. We we call it an extraordinary session that we ran in concurrent there, where we could run the we needed more more week to get the budget really get done and be able to do it right. And uh, so we're in a special session. I've been in session in the office three years. This is my third special session. Uh, I'm starting to think you just have one every year, no matter what. But uh, sometimes. Uh, Seems like four months seems like a long time, Senator. We're up here. Seems you and I have talked about it. We we go long hours, long hours, and, uh, and and let me say, I was at a at a town hall, and one of the, the constituents there made the comment, "Why can't y'all just get your work done in the four months that you're there, and not have to have the special session?" Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, and you know, in the perfect world, that could happen. But like for example, on the redistricting, one of the special sessions Representative Lowe was talking about was the redistricting special session, and we had to do it in the fall of was a year and a half ago. We had to do it then, and so that's that's just when you had to do it, so the lines would be drawn in time for the um, for the uh, uh, next election cycle. And so there's sometimes you just timing and the way things are set up but you, you you can't avoid it and sometimes there's things that happen so i would prefer 100 percent to get all that work done in those four months and not have to come back to special session because it's very disruptive um, but sometimes you just have to do it yeah. gentlemen thanks for coming today we really appreciate it and um, we'll have you back on later on down the road uh well, it's been special uh interim studies and things like that yeah so. well it's been it's been great this is the first time that uh, senator and i have done a radio show together we do a lot of uh meetings that where we visit we work together and it's been great to work with uh senator uh you know someone says you always agree no but my wife and i don't always agree also so you know we don't always 100 percent on everything but you know i think if you look at our voting records you look what we've done we we've pushed our districts grady county and the surrounding counties we've done our very best uh we represent them in the areas that we serve in and so it's been a special to be here today for the, with senator state representative dick lowe of amber and state senator lonnie paxton of tuttle on the program today